welcome to Portage Connect, the official City of Portage podcast. I'm your host, Mary Rupel, and today we're joined by Bill Graham, the Deputy Fire Marshal at the City of Portage. He's here to talk about fire safety during the wintertime and more. Welcome back, Bill. Thank you for having me. Yeah, always. We're always lucky to have you here. Now, I understand congratulations are in order. You have recently had a a promotion with um, Portage Public Safety. And what's your new job title, and what are the some of the your job responsibilities with the city that you're doing right now? Uh, new job title is Deputy Fire Marshal. Okay. Uh, assisting the Fire Marshal with uh, building inspections, follow-ups. We have a very in-depth inspection program that our firefighters go out and do, so if they come across problems, I'll be there to assist with that. And then also our community risk reduction is supposed to be my mainstream line of uh, to focus on moving forward with education within the elementary school, senior citizens, things along those lines to look for and see where we need to improve. Okay, great. This sounds like a fun job. It will definitely be a new experience and fun. Okay, well, we're lucky to have you in that role. Fire safety, um, with it being so cold out, fire safety is more important than ever. And one thing that people don't think about every day is the silent killer, um, carbon monoxide. What are some of the dangers of carbon monoxide and what are some ways that we can be exposed to it? Well, some of the dangers is that you can't see it, you can't right. smell it, and all of a sudden you just start having symptoms. So if you don't have a detector in your house and all of a sudden you're having a headaches, feeling nauseous, vomiting, dizzy, sleepness, those could all be signs of CO poisoning and you should get out immediately and call 911. Okay. To prevent that, having a carbon dioxide monoxide detector in your home is very important. And I'm not sure how many people have actually saved in the city of Portage because they had those detectors in their home. Okay, great. Yeah, that that is a great thing to have. I know that we have it in our home, and it's something that a lot of people don't have that they really need to consider having. Absolutely. And you want one on each floor of your home because CO is slightly lighter than air, so it could work its way up. So you want one on each floor of your house. And some other things with that is there's a... If you do have them, mm-hmm. there's going to be an expiration date, so you want to check to see if they've expired to get new ones. Okay. Now, how are people exposed to it? I know that we can get exposed to it from car, like car exhaust and um, from our heaters, but what are some of the common air types of, of ways that you do, like the ones I just mentioned then? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it, good question, and I know you asked in the beginning, I forgot that part. So... If a car is running within 20 feet of your house, it could get the air, the CO can actually get pulled back in. Okay. If somebody's running their car in the garage and the doors to the garage door outside is closed or all of a sudden they open up the door into the house, that can bring it in. Okay. People have been known to try to run their generators inside, which you don't want to do. You don't want to run your oven inside to try to heat your home. Okay. You don't want to run the stovetop to heat your home. If you're looking at other ways of heating your home, because if your furnace isn't being efficient, Mm -hmm. things you would want to think about electric space heaters if they're plugged directly into a wall outlet. Okay. When doing that, you want a three-foot safety around that heater so it doesn't catch anything else on fire. Uh, My suggestion really is dress in layers. Okay. Try to avoid the electrical 
because once you have that space heater, if it's not plugged directly into a wall and somebody's trying to use a power strip and extension cord, it can just keep adding more and more problems. If that space heater's on and you go to sleep, then there's nobody watching it, you don't know what's going on with it. So I recommend having it unplugged or turning it off before you go to sleep. Don't have the space heater on when you leave the house. And to avoid it, dress in layers. Um, I know in my house, I try to tell my kids, hey, if you're cold, put pants on. Stop running around the house in shorts. Right, like, right. It's oh, not summertime. Are cold. Hey, put your socks on. <laughs> so we, we do that kind of stuff at home, try to have them dress in layers. Okay, great. Now, um, in addition to um, what you kind of just talked about, having, uh, you know, not watching space heaters and like using the oven to heat your house, that can also lead to fires too, not just CO2 poisoning, right? Yes, absolutely. So we've had, I remember one Christmas, we had a fire over by the lake where somebody had the space heater running. They got in a shower and the space heater was too close to the presents at the Christmas tree. Okay. And they ended up burning off the back of their house. Okay. And it was a very cold winter like it right now where the hydrant was frozen and we had some issues, and but it was all started from their space heater. Okay. And what other kind of um, fire risks are people exposed to in the wintertime that maybe they wouldn't be um, exposed to in the summer, spring, or fall? Well, some of the things in the winter you want to think about as you approach, but if you haven't done it yet, definitely want to have somebody come out and check your furnace. Okay. So your filter itself, in my home, what I do is I try to do it when we, I change the filter out, when we change the battery, change the time, mm-hmm. and you check your batteries and your uh, smoke detectors to put new batteries in if you use them. I do the filters at the same time. Okay. Some furnaces are different. Some are larger than others, and you want to follow the manufacturer's recommendation. But in my home, it's about every six months I change out that filter. Okay, great. Do you have any other winter safety tips um, that you want to share with people when it comes to their home and maybe heating exterior buildings? If you want to talk about some winter safety tips, we could talk about some frozen pipe issues right now. Yeah, perfect. It's been extremely cold, and where there's poor insulation, those pipes are freezing. And we actually just had a fire yesterday in the city of Portage where somebody had contacted a plumber, Mm -hmm. and they used a torch to try to thaw the line. Well, conduction, that heat worked its way up, and it started a small fire in their wall. The contractor left, and is what we think happened and that smoldered for a while and then obviously they had a fire on the wall and that produced the smoke and they called the fire department um some of the issues with that the freezing of the pipes where you have the burst of the water some things along those lines things that you can do on your own to try to help thaw that would be wherever the end is for the faucet try Mm -hmm. to turn that on because that way it helps take off the pressure as you cool it or warm up the pipe. To warm up the pipe, think about using the electric heater, what we had just talked about, but right. plugging it directly into an outlet to warm right. that area. You can take a hair dryer where it doesn't heat it up too fast, and that allows it will still have some conduction, okay. but you're not going to start a fire with that hair dryer. And then it's a messy way, but you can take a towel wrap it around that pipe and pour hot water on the towel. Okay. You don't want to pour the hot water onto the pipe because you can actually end up doing more damage. Okay, gotcha. We talked about the pipes. Yes. And then if we 
move from the pipes and we look at the home itself on the outside, everybody shovels their driveway and then to the main door of their house. Yes. But most houses have a back door where if something happens, you need to have that second exit. Gotcha. So I highly suggest making sure that your second exit out of your home still works in case there is a fire because you don't want to go to that back door to try to get out of your home and all of a sudden it's frozen shut and then you're panicking to find a different way out for you and your family. No, I got you. And true story for here, like with it being so cold out, um, my screen door actually, the, the on the outside, the button froze. So I can get out, but I found out the hard way that I couldn't get back in. And that was on my back door. So luckily I had a different route that I could go back into the house, but very scary. And things like those are things that you don't think about like when it gets as cold as it has been, that maybe sliding glass doors are going to freeze up or like, you know, screen doors, like your your handles on the screen doors may not work or function the way that you need them to. So. And we have our crews out, our fire crews out when they're going on medicals or currently we're going on some broken um, water lines, mm-hmm. but we're having them check those rear exits of the commercial structures. Or even when they're just out in the community, we're having them the different commercial areas that we could have people inside making sure that they've cleaned out their rear exits. And if they haven't or somebody else sees that they haven't, I highly recommend going inside and telling the manager you need to clear your exit. And you can always call the fire marshal's office and notify us and we'll go out and make sure they clean it if they haven't. Okay, great. And um, maybe this is a good time then to talk about um, evacuation plans in the wintertime. And they're going to be a little bit different than in the summertime. When it comes to your meeting place outside, maybe you have a tree that you usually try to have everybody meet at, but if you have three foot of snow, it's harder to get there. If that back way out of a house isn't shoveled, you're going to have a harder time getting there. So talking about your home escape plans ahead of time, always a great idea. Making sure your smoke alarms work, excellent idea every month, checking those making sure your carbon monoxide detectors work. All part of that, just review it just to be safe. Okay, great. And should, um, would you recommend maybe doing some wintertime drills? If um, you dress appropriately to go out because you know you're going to, absolutely. Okay, great. And um, with all the recent snow too, and you've already talked about maybe shoveling your way out, how about fire hydrants? Um, should that be something that homeowners should be doing is, is shoveling a path or shoveling out around the fire hydrants for you guys and sidewalks leading up to them? So the fire hydrants themselves are the responsibility of the resident that the fire hydrant sits on their property. And it's supposed to be cleared out three feet around the hydrant and then a path to the road. Okay. As we do plan reviews for the city of Portage, we look at those hydrants and where they're located, and we try to have it kept on a 45-degree angle coming out from that hydrant for when we hook up the hoses. But if we can have that three-foot circle around to hook up our large-diameter hose, that gets wrapped around the hydrant, the fire truck starts to pull away. The person at the hydrant has to set a bag down, and then they're starting to undo caps and flow water out before the truck might even be have stopped to hook that hose up to their engine. As that's all taken place, the person back at the hydrant's in the snow if you haven't shoveled it, but if you have, they're opening that hydrant, they're flowing the water to make sure it's not frozen. Then they put a little cap on the side, or a, it's a two and a half connection in case we have to do another hose. 
and then we put the five inch diameter large supply hose on the front and that's what actually goes out to the road and back down to the engine okay wow there's some really cool videos online if if this was a video podcast i'd love to show you (laughs) right because it shows how long it takes a firefighter that we call it dressing the hydrant to have Mm -hmm. it ready with the five inch without snow and in snow and the extra couple minutes is a huge difference when your house is on fire yeah and if somebody if you don't have proper access to it then that's even more time that a house is on fire that you guys have to dig out to get to the fire hydrant before you can even do that. Yeah, so. you're right because on our some of our engines we carry 750 gallons of water, which we figure that's good for a room and contents fire. But our pumps, our engines will actually pump 1500 gallons of water. You do the math, the 750 gallons at 1500 gallons a minute. Right. We don't have much time, and we could run out of that water if we don't have the water supply coming in. So water supply to us is very important. Okay, great. Do you have um, any additional things that you want to talk about before we go? Uh, we'll wrap up with some of the things we hit on really quick about yeah. the, um, keeping a three-foot distance away from your furnace, your fireplaces, your wood burners, your space heaters of that combustible material so you're safe. Don't leave space heaters unattended. Okay. If you can, avoid the space heater and dress in layers. Uh, never use your oven or stove to heat your home. It's for cooking only. It could, if you try to use it to heat your home, it's going to lead to a lot of bad things. Um, I'd say having somebody come out and check your furnace for you ahead of time is good. Okay. And that way you know it's running efficient. Maybe you need the filters. If you can do the filters yourself, it's okay. But having somebody that's qualified and understand, look at your furnace ahead of time is a really important thing to do. We've had, before I was on a call, where they were running their furnace too high, mm-hmm. and it expanded in the back, and it was actually releasing the CO into the home instead of up the chimney. Oh, no. So you want to have somebody that's per- qualified to check your furnace, make okay. sure everything's working well. And then... When it comes down to it at the end, testing your smoke alarms, making sure they work, carbon, uh, your CO detectors, and once a month you really want to make sure those are working. Some people have hardwired smoke detectors in their home. Uh-huh. If you have battery backups, they're still going to work when you lose power. Gotcha. If you don't have the batteries in them and it's just hardwired if you lose power to your house right now when the winds are strong and we have the icy lines and we're losing power in the city if you don't have those battery backups your smoke alarms are going to run out and you won't have anything gotcha and then if say you did have to lose power for a few days or Mm -hmm. a few hours and it was on the battery backup i highly suggest changing your batteries and your smoke detectors just afterwards okay great and anything else Well, we've covered so many things. (laughs) Right. We could go on and on, but I think that's it for today. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for coming in and joining us today, Bill. And thank you for everything that you and your department do for the city and the residents. Now, to find out more information about fire prevention and get some resources, you can visit our website at portagemi.gov slash 316. And as always, if you happen to have a podcast idea, just send us an email at publicinformation at portagemi.gov.